everyone, and welcome to the Embody Your Soul podcast. I am your host, Alexandra Shelley, also known as The Modern Medium, and the mission of this podcast is to create a sacred space for us all so we can get real comfy and discover how we can tap into our divine self through spiritual connection and best practices. If you are new here, thank you so, so much for finding me. And if you are a regular listener, thank you so much for coming back every week to listen in on the magic. Make sure to give me a follow wherever you love to listen and share this podcast or any episodes with any one of your community members, loved ones, friends, partners, coworkers who would be into the magic, into the silliness and down for the wisdom. And of course, make sure to also follow me on Instagram at the modern medium underscore. When you feel ready and feel called to book a private one-on-one reading with me or dive deep into learning more about my private mentorship programs, simply head to my website at themodernmedium.co where you can book discovery calls for either or you can book a private reading with me and you can also email me hello at themodernmedium.co with any questions at all for booking and about my services. And if you leave a written review, screenshot it and send it to me via email or Instagram, you will win a free 30-minute reading. Also, definitely stay up to date on my Instagram because that's where I am talking all about my new masterclass coming up with my best friend Kayla, who is a sacred womb healer and embodiment teacher. And we are also coming out with a group coaching program, which we are so buzzed and just beaming about. So please, please, please stay tuned. It is another way to not only work with me, but also to get really too dualistic, but also very similar core values and core strengths when it comes into tapping into your magic and truly embodying the unique magic and being that you are. Oh oh my gosh. Hello, you guys. I'm going to be honest. It took me a lot to get here and sit here to get behind the mic and start editing back again on the podcast. As you have seen, I've been not like on a crazy break. I just try to function with just not putting a ton of stress when it comes to my podcast because I'm already doing so much with my business within itself and the podcast is a lot. I say this to everyone who wants to get into podcasting. It is so much more work than you expect, but I have to say I am so, so proud of myself for how far I've come and I really, really adore showing up and you know what? I'm also just having one of those days. I'm having one of those days where I'm feeling a little low and I'm not, I'm just like not in the groove as much as I usually am. But you know what? That's okay. I totally know that this is temporary and I got the tools. And also, again, being behind the mic, it makes me so, so happy. And I'm sure, and I also hope you can hear the smile I have in my face. I'm also beaming from ear to ear because I am really, really excited for this guest and I am really excited to introduce you all to this guest. If you do not know him, I have needed some beautiful masculine energy on my podcast. I am obviously, we're always down for the queens, for the baddies, for the females to come into the podcast. But of course, 
I have really, really been wanting to bring on some beautiful, sacred, masculine energy onto the podcast because that energy is just as important as the divine feminine energy. And ooh, this beautiful, beautiful guest is someone I have been following for quite some time. I have admired him from afar, not only for his tenacious creativity, but also his writing is sharp. It is intelligent. It is whimsical. It is beautiful. It is touching. It is important. And the work he is doing in the world is the work we absolutely need right now. And this beautiful soul's name is James McRae. And he has the Instagram account Words Are Vibrations. James McRae is an author, poet, meme artist, and creative strategist based in Austin, Texas. His writing and art apply the principles of mindfulness and Eastern philosophy to modern life with a lot of humor and candor. As the founder of Recreation Studio, James offers coaching and consultation services and teaches classes on conscious creativity James is also the author of two books, Shit Your Ego Says, which was published in 2017, which was an autobiographical guidebook for quieting negative self-talk and reconnecting with intuition. And he also has the book, How to Laugh and Ironic Amusement During Your Existential Crisis. And this was also published in 2021. And this is a book of poetry and memes about leaving your comfort zone to embrace the unknown. James also, one of the reasons I also really admire him and it also makes a lot of sense why I gravitate towards him is we have a very, very similar background. We both worked in advertising, marketing. He used to be a creative strategist for top global brands like Microsoft, NBC, Organic Valley, Target, and really help them align and define their mission, vision, brand story. I mean, that's stuff that I really, really geek out about. And that's also a lot of what I have brought to the table when it has come to building my brand and marketing myself. And it's just so cool to gravitate to someone that I'm not only really, really in awe of, and I so deeply admire, respect their work, but also we have a similar background. It just makes so, so much sense. He has also written articles on creativity for publications like Forbes, Huffington Post, Adweek, Yogi Times, Entrepreneur, and Elephant Journal, and his poetry has been featured in literary journals such as American Journal of Poetry, 34th Parallel Magazine, Thought Catalog, New Millennium Writings, and newspaper. Oh my gosh. So ways to work with him. So simply head to his website, which is jamesmcray.com. And you can find all the ways to work with him by his books. James has a beautiful podcast and creativity network called the Sunflower Club. And this is really about bringing inclusive, inspirational artists to allow us to explore and discover our innate creativity and wisdom and really just growing a network of heart-led creative masters. And I also believe he's had live Sunflower Club events in Austin, Texas. Definitely next time or if there is ever a time it can be at one of those in person, I am sprinting.
get yourself acquainted with James. Follow him on Instagram. His memes are absolutely amazing. I share them. I save them. His words, his everything he brings to the table has been a beautiful, beautiful piece of my pie. And he has been a beautiful page to follow when it has come to becoming an entrepreneur, a consciousness and you know spiritual entrepreneur one that is trying to lead and doing everything I can to lead with heart with soul with intention and doing it with silliness with humor with self with authenticity and I just really really admire him in this podcast we talk about how we got to his work and what it really means to be what I like to kind of call him a renegade artist he is doing things a lot differently he's breaking the matrix as he so classically also calls it and is also feeding into which I'm obviously here for we talk about what it means to create art and create content and create meaningful work that is aligned in new wave consciousness we also talk about that too the word spirituality and the word and what it has become and what it's been built into and his new definition of spirituality. We also talk about his position as a sacred masculine or in the sacred masculine. He participated in a retreat that I really, really love. Of, of course, like I'm not a man, so I can't participate, but it's called Sacred Sons. And I've really been diving into and trying to understand the sacred masculine energy. And I wanted to actually ask him more about it and the importance of the sacred masculine energy and what it means to bring that to the table as a new wave conscious man. And we just have literally such a great conversation. We laugh. We dive deep into really tough topics. We get to know him on a really beautiful level in terms of his visions and his whys and his intentions. James is just amazing. And he was, he's just so unbelievably humble. And he immediately agreed to be on this podcast, which made me so happy. But also, it was kind of a beautiful pat on the back and a beautiful bright light towards me showing that my intentions with this are really pure. And it's like he recognizes the intention. And if someone with pure intentions, also recognizes pure intentions, they're more than happy to help you out and join in on the fun. So that's also a shout out to you guys too. So if you guys are ever feeling nervous or you find yourself putting someone on a pedestal, know that your intentions will be seen by someone also with pure intentions and you will get that in return. Anyways, I have been going on and on in this beautiful intro. I am so, so excited for you guys to meet James, get to know James. I will put all of his links below and do not miss out on all the opportunities to work with him, buy his books, read his writings, check out his memes. They're an absolute vibe. Follow him on Instagram, words or vibrations, and let's just get right to it. Right. Hello, James. It is so awesome to meet you. I've been following you. I've been following you for some time in your work. I really admire you as a writer, an artist, uh, a leader in the space. And it's so great to get to connect with you and sit with you and have you on the podcast. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's uh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. 
course. Okay. So a question I love to start off the podcast with, we're just going to go right into it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you'll have the words for this one. So in your own definition, what does it mean to embody your soul? In my own definition, what does it mean to embody my soul? Well, what comes to mind when I hear that is alignment between the inner self and the external self, your 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 kind of inner reason for being, um, which is kind of the soul speaking, and having alignment with who you are on the inside and then who you are on the outside. So kind of living in integrity to your mission and to your purpose and just having um, just that alignment between, you know, who, who you, how you operate into the world um, with, you know, the, the deepest parts of your being and um, purpose. Unmute. Okay. Thank you. I, always love asking this question because everyone's answer is so different, but all somehow the same. And I love it. So what I first want to get into is, of course, you are this modern artist, like this renegade artist that is breaking rules, at least how, you know, writing goes so far, because I'm like a writing nerd. And I have always felt like I've broken the rules. But of course, you know, going to school and you know, writing papers, you're like, okay, oh, well, well. <laughs> I don't know. So it was really amazing to find you and connect with your work. So I would love to hear, honestly, like selfishly, how did you get into writing? Has that always been a love of yours? And, you know, how did you begin to really mold your work into what it is today? Yeah, I mean, it's been such a, that's just like the story of my life, really. You know, I've uh, I've always been creative. I, I grew up in a small town in Minnesota where I had a lot of, you know, space to just, you know, use my imagination and, um, you know, just be a, just a spacious um, place where I could physically roam around as a kid and also roam around in my own imagination. My parents were always, you know, encourage, encouraging um, around creativity and all that thing, all that stuff. So I've always been a writer. I, I, um, my mom had some poetry books laying around the house. So I kind of discovered poetry as an, in my early teens, I would say. And, uh, it didn't take long for me to start writing poetry. So I, I started writing poetry when I was like 14 and I wrote a lot of poetry, like from in like my high, my teenage high school years, and uh, but I've also been an artist and 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 I've always been interested in drawing. There there was a period in my early twenties where I was primarily focused on painting, and I did a lot of visual arts, and I've just had a really meandering path, you know. Um, always been more committed to my own creative vision than on any social expectations because I just, that's what all my favorite artists did. And I just knew that if you really want to be a impactful artist in any field, you need to really 
follow the beat of your own drummer and not compromise. So I've, I, I was always kind of doing that. And, you know, I, 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 I went to school, dropped out of school because like you were saying, like writing papers, I just could not, I could not cope within like the university system. I was like, I, I, I didn't even make it through the first semester. And I was like, I just needed to be free because like, like I said, on the, your first question, my, 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 actions and my external reality were not aligned with my sole purpose. So I just felt like I needed to get out of there. So I dropped out of school and then spent like a, probably a year or a year and a half just kind of wandering and, and exploring my creativity even deeper while working like odd jobs and things like that. And eventually I was, I was severely lacking direction at that time. So I needed, I knew I needed some kind of a, a direction or, um, foundation or, you know, parameters. So I ended up going to design school and I studied graphic design and I learned a new forms of creativity that way. And, um, that kind of snuck into the advertising industry through my graphic design, um, skills. And eventually after a few years of that got bored and wanted to be more like making making bigger creative decisions. I, I realized like as a designer, I was like the last stop, like after there would be a lot of like decisions made and like strategy and ideas. And then the designers like, now you go make it all pr look pretty. And I wanted to be more like upstream of that process where I'm more dictating direction. So I, I, I positioned my career in, into being a brand strategist. So I spent many years in New York city as a brand strategist and it was in New York where I started tapping into my own creative writing again. Um, wrote my first book, Shit Your Ego Says, while working full-time in the advertising industry. And uh, eventually, after many years of not writing poetry, I eventually kind of tapped back into that. And then it was really during the, the pandemic of 2020 when the world was just insanity that I started tapping into memes as a platform of creative expression and i realized you could say a lot with memes that you couldn't say with any other form of communication um and that's <laughs> i never expected to be known for memes but now that's people tend to know me for and I, I even teach a class called meme school where i teach the art and science of memetics and how to make memes so it's been a pretty wild journey and and now it's like oh i can see how all the different pit stops that i made all kind of inform what I'm doing now, whether that's, you know, teaching or designing or writing, it, it's all kind of come together and like all the different, what's may, maybe seemed like weird meandering turns, like mm, now with hindsight, I can see how they were all necessary pit stops to learn different lessons that I could put together into like one synergistic, you know, thing. Yes. Please. Oh my God. Wow. So much to bond on. I, what was it? 2015, 2016, I interned at an ad agency in New York, uh, in the brand strategy department. So I know how that world is. And then yes, I was a copywriter for a while. So I know the feeling. I remember feeling like that. God, oh, I don't know if you ever worked on cars and advertising, but it was like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> terrible and just how like bottom of the barrel you are and I just knew 
I just sitting in my little cubicle. I'm like, I, I, I can't be here. <laughs> I can't be here. Like, this is crazy. And I love it. Cause even just listening to what you said with, I had to drop out of school because it wasn't aligning. Like I'm just thinking about like, God, I wish I could have done that. Cause I'm thinking about if I told my parents that they would have been like, I'm sorry, you're going to go to military school or something. <laughs> I'm sideways. Um, and I just, I just love where your journey has gone. And I totally resonate with all these pit stops. And during the way you're probably, I mean, at least for me, I was so frustrated because I have high energy. I want it to happen yesterday. And yeah. why am I here? And then it's just about this beautiful process. And honestly, I, you, you seem like, of course, I mean, we are all brothers and sisters, but you're just, you just seem like this beautiful, wise, spiritual man. So now I want to understand that journey with your creative journey, because that is obviously intertwined with your creations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. I got a weird relationship with spirituality because I don't even really know what that word means. Like yeah. when you, like it gets thrown around a lot. But like yes. when you really think about it, when you really think about that word, spiritual, spirituality, it starts to get really, you realize there's not like a really good definition for it. I mean, because it's, it's, it's like, it's like the existence of immaterial um, something, right? But I mean, emotions are immaterial, thoughts are immaterial. We all have a, a life force that's animating our bodies which is spirit. So like every, every being, every plant, every animal on earth is by definition spiritual because there's a life force animating the flesh suit that they're wearing. So it's like everyone is equally spiritual. So I guess spiritual means those who are more in touch with that side of themselves, yeah. I guess, yeah. you know? But then there's a whole thing where spirituality becomes an aesthetic, which is the opposite of that, right? It's like a spiritual costume for the flesh suit to prove that you're in touch with the inner life force. So then like spirituality becomes more like a lifestyle than anything foundational or fundamental. So I have, I have, a, I have a tricky relationship with that word. I, I often say... I, I made a meme recently that said, I am not a spiritual person. I'm just an early adopter of new consciousness. Yes. And I think yes. that's what artists are too. It's like what artists are, are by definition spiritual too, right? Because artists are tapping into the muse to access ideas that are not seen and have not yet been realized. And then they're using the, power of their own creative expression to manifest that invisible idea from some invisible realm into material reality, which sounds to me like the most spiritual thing you could possibly do. <laughs> so I think the artists are the true spiritual people because um, they're actually, I think creativity is the practice of spirituality because you're making the unseen real. It's like that is the that is what God does, right? Mm -hmm. That is that is what the definition of God, quote unquote, is is the creator. So if we are made in the image of God, 
that means that we are also creators. That is the only thing that God does is creates, right? Is the, is the origin, is the source. So artists are the most obvious representation of that, I feel. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my relationship with spirituality, but like how I got there, like, you know, I mean, I was raised, I grew up in Minnesota where like, you know, everyone's Christian, you know, so that was kind of my um, foundation. And, you know, I'm not a, I don't consider myself a Christian now, but I'm very grateful for that exposure because from a young age, I was, I felt like I had a relationship with whatever that God is, that source, that universal source consciousness. Mm -hmm. So I never quite bought into the religious aspects, but I was always felt very comfortable with the, the nature of that idea, you know, where there, there is, there is a higher power. There is an intelligent design. It's not random. There's a purpose. So some people see the flaws in organized religion and there are many, and then they throw out the baby with the bathwater and they say, oh, there's nothing. Christianity is wrong and therefore nothing is real and there is no God. And it's like, well, you got to separate that. There is <laughs> a, organized dogmatic aspects of religion are not. <laughs> yeah, they, th- those, those, are, those are stories. Those are interpretations. Um, that doesn't mean that there's not an organ, uh, some kind of an organized intelligent design and creator of the universe. So I left Christianity and, you know, started tapping into things like Buddhism and Eastern philosophy and got into yoga and meditation, that kind of thing, the whole mindfulness practice and, um, you know, teachers like Ram Dass or uh, Alan Watts or Terrence McKenna were influences in my philosophy. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I sympathize with a lot of religions. I like to take aspects of um, different traditions to the, you know, they're all, they're all stories. They're all metaphors. It's all, it's all mythology that's pointing to the same truth. So mm-hmm. I don't think too much about religion. I don't think too much about spirituality. I just try to, you know, I think compassion is one of my, um, you know, non-negotiables, you know, having compassion for others and trying to see other people's points of view and working primarily in the realm of Instagram is a test to that practice all the time because it really is such a battlefield of ideas and information. And, um, it's really a practice to engage in that (laughs) battlefield in a way that is sympathetic and compassionate and mindful where I'm not trying. And that's why I like memes because memes give the, gives you the opportunity to address certain things without necessarily taking some kind of a divisive or polarizing position because, because mm-hmm. I'm not interested in that. You know, I, I'm more in, interested in the truth that connects us. So with memes, you can kind of use humor to elevate the conversation above the bickering whether that's left or right or whatever, whatever, whatever the bickering of the day is. Um, so I love memes as a way to practice how to bring people together or, or, or just elevate the, the, the conversation, elevate the dialogue um, above the 
the divisive nature of you know political debate in the in the world these days mm-hmm. oh my gosh well thank you for sharing and i know i know like when i asked that question i immediately remembered i'm like oh yeah like because that's where when you posted some i think it was a tiktok or a reel where i saw it and i was like oh shit like Yes, absolutely. Where it's like, we're all spiritual. We are all one. And I remember a while ago, a former mentor of mine. Oh, I forget. It's from some philosopher or someone. It's like Dutch, a Dutch person. I can't pronounce their name, but he said, if you like, when you label me, you negate me. And that was a really beautiful phrase that I was taught early on in my mediumship practice because. I wouldn't say I grew up religious, but I went to Episcopalian school and then away. I didn't even realize that I protected myself my whole life was ignorance is bliss. Like, for instance, we would go to this summer camp and I was like, hell yeah, like pie, banana boats, sleeping under the stars, being a crazy kid outside. It was like a Bible camp. And I was like, oh, like whatever. Like I was, like, I was so not aware and I just remember just, I just never connected with anything. And I thought something was genuinely wrong with me. I'm like, why do I feel weird like reading this book and not doing what it's telling me to do? And why do I feel weird? Like, I don't know. It just, I just felt very, very out of place. And just definitely being a medium makes so much sense for me. Cause I'm like, oh yes, of course. <laughs> now I get it why. Um, and I also love how you really brought up how your beliefs are just so intertwined with the creation of memes because you're so right. Like anyone can see them and kind of their shoulders drop. They're like, oh yeah, like you're right. And I also, something I always try to do and something I really deeply resonate with you on is people in the industry. And that's what's funny. It's like, I, I also agree. I feel like that's something we will definitely get it, get into right after this, especially in LA, as much as I love LA, LA is a huge pool of spirituality and it's super, super frustrating. And it has become like this garment that people are wearing so tightly on their skin when, what's that phrase? It's like, you know, we're life like a loose garment. Um, so, I just, I just love what you've done with like your craft and weaving in your beliefs and just how that makes so much sense. And I would love to get more into that where you have seen the glitches in the industry where you're like, wait, that's interesting. That's a little bit of a red flag and, and even some green flags, if you don't mind sharing. Oh man, I I have to pull up the posts. You know, I just I I know what you're talking. I know what you're talking about. I did uh, yeah. spiritual red flag posts, and then I did a spiritual green flags post. So things to be um, you know, cautious of, and then things to that are good and positive. Um, you know, uh, when I when I get like I get ideas that come through, and then I put them out, and then I create something based on that idea. And I don't always like keep that same um, 
like belief mm. in my mind like all the time so i don't even remember what that said but yeah i mean there are it, it kind of goes back to what i was saying there's a lot of um people that wear the costume of spirituality especially in the in the position of being a teacher and it's just such a it is such a, a murky quote unquote industry it's weird to call spirituality an industry but it it is <laughs> and i guess there's a lot of there's there's always going to be i don't even want to you know you could you could you you could i'll be generous because it's easy to be like oh they're they're um phonies or they are um you know crooks or they're ma manipulative or they are um energy vampires or they're cult leaders like that whole kind of thing that's one way to look at it. You know, words are so funny because you can just like get locked into like defining things as such. But like that's one that's one way of looking at it. It's also just, you know, they're doing the best they can with the level of consciousness that they currently have. Right. Because um, maybe their path is to be a, they are on a spiritual path and they are on a soul level. That's what they are meant to be doing. Um, some people jump into being teachers too soon, you know, um, I'm very cautious to call myself a teacher, uh, or anything like that. Um, some people are, are a little too eager to, to call themselves a teacher and to, and to have followers or students, you know what I mean? Just a little, they're maybe just a little too eager to be in that position. So they may, they might skip a couple steps. I'll, I'll, also, I love, um, you know, as much as I was saying, like, I don't, I don't like organized religion. It also, there's also a lot, if you're going to be on the spiritual path, it ha it helps to have a foundation, like uh, a tested foundation. Like there's a, the, the trend in spirituality these days is be your own guru. Like we don't need any gurus. Like you, we have to be our own guru. It's the age of Aquarius now. And I feel that and I understand the intention. Like all slogans are so weird because they make sense on one hand, but like they also don't make sense on another hand. And it really depends on how you're looking at it and who you are and the mindset you're bringing into it. So there are certain slogans like be your own guru. For a lot of people, that's going to be a very positive, you know, statement and a belief system. And to others that might lead them down a narcissistic road. You know mm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, every, everyone's at a different place and people need different messages. Um, so yeah, there's been, there's just, there, there are, it, it's just, it's just, uh, it's <laughs> shark infested waters to a degree. You just have to be like, have a lot of, um, I don't know. Just it's important to be discerning, and like I said, like it helps to to, to at least have some kind of basis in tradition. And this is for everything, for art as well. Like mm -hmm. you can be the most innovative artist in the world, and you you can be your own guru or like whatever you want to do. But it really helps to have some a strong foundation. Yes, that's been yes. tested. That's that's been tried, and that's you know whether that's a medit meditation practice or like. Whatever it is, it helps to really understand the lineage that that that, that your where your beliefs come from. So they're they're rooted in some in something as opposed to just like whatever crosses your fancy today. 
and you follow that and it's like they're all a bunch of kind of flimsy ideas that are ultimately dead ends mm-hmm. oh my gosh yes i love all of that and i really i kind of want to get into the because i think people are so funny about this like with, with being weird when people change their opinions and i just i love that you said that you're like well yeah i posted that i mean I, I, yeah, I still agree with it, but I also don't even remember because I also probably maybe think differently. And I kind of want to touch on that because I feel like that's what's so funny about, you know, new wave of consciousness because it's so, I swear, it's so much about, um, have you heard of the book Cultish by Amanda Montel? Okay. I feel like no. you would, you would really, really dig her. So she is a she studies linguistics at nyu and her dad grew up in a cult and so this book cultish is written with so much humor but also so much you know fact you know factoids very very smart on how these cults or cultish organizations use words to latch you in like down to soul cycle and like these online gurus and you know and also literally cults and it's just so interesting how you brought up like how slogans can have such an effect on us and then also like when you put a stamp out there and you're like oh this is my opinion and then you change it it's like no you can't it's like absolutely i can like i'm fluid i'm multi-dimensional so i just thought i just love that you brought that up and that's what kind of came up for me so yeah. I mean, even the word cult, like, what does that mean? Like, what's the difference? What's the, what's the difference between a cult and a community? You know, like, I mean, I get it. Like a cult is a more like rigid community, but communities, having a community, very, 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 very good. Have it, being part of a cult, very, very not good. So how does something that's like very similar go from very good to very bad like what is the one distinction and who and who can label that distinction you know like these words get thrown around and it's like you just got to be careful like words don't really mean anything it's just kind of like we all agree that a cult is bad we all agree that a community is good but what what's that line of delineation i'm sure there's some definition that i'm not aware of but like it just you got to be careful when you throw out words and phrases apply stereotypes to people because from their from their vantage point they're in a loving community and i get like there once you know there is a line where it becomes (laughs) not helpful but who am i to say maybe for some people in the in those scenarios they get a lot out of it and they're being judged from the outside i don't know i'm just saying like back like it's like the 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 having um loosely held opinion thing that you were saying like i don't have any fixed opinions Mm -hmm. i mean very few like i'm not gonna go commit crimes or hurt people you know i'm always gonna try to lean in the direction of love like directionally i have principles Mm -hmm. but my mind why would my mind be so amazing that i have these opinions that are unassailable and anyone who crosses those opinions is clearly wrong. It's it's ridiculous. Like the human mind is such a fickle 
thing. <laughs> so I try to keep an open mind and not get locked into too rigid of belief systems. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, 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 that's the best I can do. Oh my God. I'm just, I'm just like laughing because like, just like you, are you like up all night thinking of like, I just like you, <laughs> like I could just see you like sitting outside, look like just sitting outside and someone's like, oh, look at that nice man just enjoying the sunshine. But then you're like looking at a blade of grass and you're just in, you know, thinking about the alternate universes. Yes. And you're, and what you're describing <laughs> and what you're describing drives my fiance crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, does it ever end? Should be like, just let me enjoy the moon without overanalyzing what it is. Shut up. Oh, oh yeah. God. I don't know if you're into astrology, but I have an Aquarius moon, mm, which is okay. which is like the Aquarius moon is kind of like detached from emotion. And it's more just like everything is like this 30,000 foot view of like intellectual kind of pondering and examination yes. so when i when i learned that i had an aquarius moon and what that meant <laughs> my life started to make more sense yes you know i i would like to get because i don't want to say i don't know anything about astrology i do know some things and i'm eager to learn more but that is hilarious that makes a lot of sense um so what i would love to get into like switching gears is the way you have discussed and talked about the healed masculine. And I remember seeing a post where you went to, was it? it Sacred Sons. Sacred Sacred Sons. Yes. And honestly, my partner doesn't listen to my podcast, but I was just like, holy fucking shit. If I could get like, that is I thought that was absolutely incredible hearing about sacred sons. And then I think the next day I listened to a podcast with John Wineland and then he was talking about something similar. And I just am really, really fascinated about learning more about this healed masculine. And I know like that is such a broad topic. I really don't know much about it. And that's why I'm coming at this like yeah. super naive. So I'd love to learn more from you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm certainly not an expert. Um, there are experts. There are experts out there. Certainly, there are there are, and I know a lot of them here in Austin that are men's work, you know, coaches and facilitators. So there, are, it is a really blooming industry or mindset right now. So I'm adjacent to it, and I can speak to it a little bit from my own yes. personal experience. Yes. Well, I mean, basically, you started to notice. I think we all started to notice. I think we are in. I think we are always in the midst of kind of consciousness evolutions. The consciousness of humanity is has is kind of always in a in a state of expansion, and, um, to a degree. And it, I think it was around like the 2017 era when there was became like a because women are mature faster than men, right? That's what they say, and I think that's true on a consciousness evolution timeline as well. If you look at um, you know, for years now, there's been women helping women to, you know, heal, to expand, to just thrive uh, on, on a holistic level, mind, body, spirit. 
and there's been women's circles and women's marches and the futurist female t-shirts, you know, um, so this has been, this has been happening with women for a little while now. Mm-hmm. And it seems like me- the, the men are, are starting to, to catch up. Cause I think a lot of the women <laughs> just kind of surpassed the men in terms of like their, the level of their consciousness and they weren't going to deal with kind of the like bullshit relationships anymore. So men finally got the message like, oh, we better, oh, we actually have to heal also. <laughs> like we, we actually have work to do as well. So uh, it took men a little bit longer to catch up, but I see it happening now. Definitely a lot more than it has, you know, in the past few years. Mm-hmm. And what that means is just, it's just, it's it's letting go of a lot of the the program toxic behaviors of the past primarily you know there's been a a lot of you know they say it's an- ancestral trauma that gets passed down mm-hmm. and that's and that's happened obviously to women right the the, the suppression of the female voice and um, just the role in society that women have been placed in for such a long time and all the violence that's been inflicted upon, you know, women, there's a a lot of ancestral trauma there. There's ancestral trauma with men as well. If you think about it, like I know the, the kind of, um, the kind of, uh, you know, the quick, like, I don't know, fast food messaging of, of this is like, like the patriarchy is is bad and, and men are toxic, right? And there's a lot of truth to that in terms of there being like a control system in place that has, infl- you know, been inflicting trauma on all of us. And when I look at my own family lineage, you know, in terms of the men, you know, there were no benefits to the patriarchy on most men. In other words, yes, m- men have been in the ones in position of power, you know, creating the laws and running the businesses. Most men were not in those positions of power. Certainly the men in my family history were not, you know, men have been used as cannon fodder in wars and just to, to prop up the, the, the imbalanced economy, you know, so just because someone's a man doesn't mean that they were beneficiaries of the system that we live in. You know, most the, the vast majority of men have not been. Mm-hmm. So it's important to recognize that there's a lot of pain and trauma. Like I think of like my, my father fought in the Vietnam war. Mm-hmm. My grand, both my grandfathers fought in world war two. That's as far as I know. When you look back, like how many of my gr- great grandparents and great great grandparents were pawns in colonial wars mm-hmm. a lot of them and then what happens when you come home from war you've got ptsd you know you can't even look at the your regular life the same way again you know that that affects you deeply and then you suppress the trauma you bury it and then you pass it down you know um my father was pretty pretty good but the, I know there's a lot of uh, abuse that people have suffered from their fathers, 
and then they and then they pass that down. So it's just important to recognize that men need healing too, and and that's finally starting to happen. And what does that mean? I think it's like first and foremost is just like learning to feel. Like there's, men have kind of been systematically trained to suppress emotion and very much like live in the head. And that's not inherently bad. Like I live a lot in the head and like there's nothing wrong with that, but you need to also be in touch with your body and with your emotions and being able to feel. So I got in touch with Sacred Sons. I'm I'm friends with Aubert, the co-founder, and he invited me to come out. And there were 400 plus men there in the Appalachian Mountains in North Carolina. And we were camping out all men um, in different little tribes. And it was just a place of like radical vulnerability mm-hmm. and, 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 and sharing and doing a lot of physical activities to open us up as well, like going into sweat lodges. There was even some like some combat aspects where there was some um, hand to hand, you know, loving hand to hand combat just to kind of experience that in a safe container. So I saw, you know, there were people there that were construction workers and that were people that, you know, I'm part of like the Austin conscious community. Like this stuff isn't as new to me. Right. But for a lot of people, this was a game changer. This is things that they would never get a chance to share and experience and feel this like brotherhood, this like radically accepting brotherhood. And I just saw so much healing. I saw so many men, you know, break down in tears just because they were so touched and they were and they just felt their own pain and trauma and they were processing it and they were seeing that loving relationships with other men are possible. Mm -hmm. It's just so important. We need men. We need men to be strong. We need men to be um, supportive. You know, we need men to be leaders. And in order to be good leaders and to be, you know, useful, you know, strong men, it, it, it really requires us to kind of go, go deep within ourselves and, 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 and heal what, may be broken and uh, so we can actually have conscious leadership instead of unconscious leadership or self selfless leadership rather than selfish leadership Mm. so i'm testament that it's happening i'm seeing it i saw it at that retreat i see it with the the people that do men's work that i know that i'm friends with Mm. um so it's beautiful if men and women can evolve together and do the work on one side and do the work on the other side and then come together for, you know, a, a, a conscious sacred relationships. It's like that, that's how the world heals. Like if everyone does that, then the world is healed, right? That's how you save the world. You have to save yourselves. You have, you, you have to heal yourself before you can heal the world. So a lot of people want to go out there and fix the society, right? It's like, if you can't even fix yourself or like you can't even recognize your own, you know, whatever it is, I don't want to say problems, but if you can't recognize and heal what you have going on, you're just going to be projecting your own 
unhealed shadow in your effort to save the world. So I think that saving the world starts by healing ourselves, doing the work to to go deep and to face those shadows. Yes. Oh my gosh. I loved hearing. And I also, I actually really love hearing about it from someone who is a participant. So I, I like that because you were someone that was in the receiving end and then you received the tools and now like you're implementing it like in your marriage and in your relationships. And first of all, it's so funny because I've been like recognizing this this year and I've been telling my partner, I'm like, I love dude friendships. Like I love watching guys like just be like, hey man, what's up? Like excited to see each other. Like just, they're so cute. And there's something that I am so, I, I think it's because men are just freer to be authentic. Like women feel like they, you know, as we all know, like women feel like they have to put on airs or they have to, you know, be a certain way more often, I feel like, than men. And guys were just like, oh, uh, whatever, like, love you, bro. And then they're just silly. And I just feel like I've always, I definitely don't have more guy friends and girlfriends, but like I really honor my male friendships because I feel like they just, I don't need to put on airs or do anything like as women and especially in LA, it's like very interesting. And I would love to hear honestly, like maybe some of these tools that you took away from this and maybe how this could inspire us women to actually now look at men as yes, Like I want to start supporting this in my friendships and my partner or whoever. Mm-hmm. Oh man, let me think. Tools. I mean, I think I have been I think I've been on a long journey of going from the head to the heart. Mm. And it's been said that the 18 inches between the head and the heart is the <laughs> longest journey of your life. Yeah. That is so perfect. Who said that? Who said I, that? I just said it, but <laughs> I'm not the first person to say it. I don't know, you know, <laughs> I'll take credit for it. I don't know if it's like a quote that you can really. Oh, wait, like you just made it up. No, I mean, I wrote that in a book a long time ago, but. Oh my God, what the heck? I'm not that taking credit so for perfect. it. There are some quotes, some quotes just like exist without anyone really owning it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> Still love it. But it's true. And that applies to men and women. But I think like if you're if we if we're gonna stereotype that 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 lesson I think applies to men more so than women. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think learning to feel is was 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 a big journey for me and like listening to how my body felt, not just like to over over rationalize everything and over intellectualize everything. Because men are problem solvers. And we don't always need a problem to be solved. Sometimes we just need, you know, people need to be, you know, heard or felt. Like, I think it's so important, like, one role that's important for men, I believe, is that of a a space holder. Because I think we need protect, we need, we need safe spaces. Um, And that is one role of the masculine strength right that's that's one quality applied to men is like strength whether that's physical or just like being having a strong presence so that's a that's that's a healthy 
use of strength is to hold protective spaces for others. That applies to a one-on-one relationship. Like, I'm going to hold space for this person to express. I'm going to listen and maybe just listen and just allow this to be what this person is going through and I'm going to receive it. And I'm not going to hide from it. I'm not going to try to change it. I'm just going to, I'm here to hold space and to receive and witness and to, and to protect from the, you know, the opinions of others or whatever else like can come along to really, really hold that space, protect that space. And then is, is in groups as, as well, like just having, um, creating safe spaces for people to share and, Yeah, just not trying to fix everything and not trying to compete for attention. Or like to be like the oh I'm the I'm I'm the I'm the I'm the strongest, I'm the I'm the best. Like there's a there's, there's a competitive nature to men as well that um can be helpful. It's like and it can be fun, you know, if sports and and things like that, but I think it's um we need like like learning to be selfish, selfless. Like mm-hmm. I I've heard that um, in the, in in wolf packs. You know, an alpha wolf is not one that is necessarily dominating. It's the alpha wolf will actually walk behind the rest of them to make sure they're all safe, and they'll let the other wolves eat first before they before they eat. So they're they're holding space for the community. And just and just being being caretakers and protectors of a community, I think is is essential. So I think there's a lot of traits that are applied to masculinity, you know. And I think that there's the traits are not what is negative. There there are there are conscious and unconscious ways of expressing these traits. So I think it's just about not denying the masculinity in men and of course this applies to women as well because masculine and feminine are energies and we all have a, <laughs> we all have a mix of both right i need to like <laughs> disclaimer like there are genders a spectrum <laughs> and you know shout out non-binary people as well like i'm this is this is just 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 describing the energies the, yeah, the polarity of masculine and feminine dynamics, which, so I'm, I'm, I am generalizing. I recognize that, but I think there's, we have to for the sake of conversation right now. Yes. So I think it's not about denying the masculinity within. It's about applying it in a conscious way to be of service to others. Mm, yes, I love that. And I love that wolf analogy. Was that like a manly outdoorsy analogy they gave you? Or like, it sounds like it right i read that somewhere a while back um yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah talk about wolves and bears you guys are like yeah (laughs) definitely (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh okay so i have a couple more questions and they're kind of going back into the heady concepts that we love of i thought of this question as we were talking um about the earlier topic topics of overrated underrated and 
what do you believe at least because i know this question i don't want you to be like oh my god like this i'm just james but like i feel like you have such a wonderful perspective on society at least with your art and the way you interact with the world and your visions and i'd love to maybe see in your perspective what do you believe society has become really gluttonous on and what do you think we're really starving for and how can we begin to yet like wake up in the world and give a little bit more of what we need that makes sense. yeah that makes sense it's a loaded question though Sorry, James. No, it's um, it's great. So, I mean, we're gluttonous on a lot of things. I mean, mater- materialism in general. You know, just I, I, I said I'm not a spiritual person, but like, <laughs> you know, just the over the over reliance on materialism is is pretty severe, and that 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 has a lot of factors, right? Like, mm-hmm. a, like appearance, like oh. I want the best car, the best clothes, the best house, and like these kind of showy aspects. And we, and we evaluate someone's worth based on the, their material possessions. It also, the, 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 the scientific fields are also have fallen into this trap of this reductionist scientific materialist worldview where everything can be reduced to atoms and like consciousness, according to science, well, according to a lot of prevailing mainstream scientific beliefs, consciousness is essentially a, a random residual effect of inc- increasingly complex matter. So matter is all there is. And it organizes and through evolution, matter becomes increasingly more complex. And then it reaches a point in its complexity where consciousness is a residual effect. And I think that is fundamentally wrong. And I think that that's starting to be, even in the scientific communities, that's starting to be recognized as inaccurate. There's a lot of work being done in the... um, neuroscience around and there's a lot of certain specific scientists who are you know dedicated to this particular topic but i i believe that consciousness is more fundamental than matter i think it's the other way around i think consciousness exists and therefore matter exists and that that flips the whole game on its head (laughs) Because it's a direct relationship between our thoughts and our reality. And that becomes dumbed down. Again, we're, we're going, we have these kind of like catchphrases and these, these fa- this fast food wisdom. And again, things are right and wrong at the same time. Because people say, thoughts, my thoughts create my reality. That's like a new age trope. Mm-hmm. And that's one that is heavily attacked. Because like, what do you mean your thoughts create your reality? What about poor people? What about people living in poverty? How are they? You're saying they're responsible for their reality. And like, it's like victim blaming. So we need to approach things with more subtly. Like we're, this is that it's, it's, it's an imprecise use of language. 
So saying your thoughts create your own reality is true to a degree, but it's not a precise way of saying that. It just means that there is a relationship between consciousness and reality. The exact dynamics of that relationship, like I, I don't know. We, we, we need that's that that's like that's one role of science to explore. What it, what exactly is that relationship? So a lot of spiritual people will just jump to the extreme and be like, your thoughts create your own reality. You can manifest whatever you want. And that's dangerous to say because it really, it, it leads to, you know, victim blaming and all, the, and, all, and all this stuff. So we just need to be more delicate with how we, how we speak and how we analyze things and not to say things in such an extreme way. But I, I do think there's a relationship there. And I think this is, going to be uh, a big area of exploration in science and for years to come mm. so that's where my head is at with that question today at this moment oh my god i'm just i just i'm just dying <laughs> it's like how people are like meet my friend james just just let him just let him talk let him do his thing <laughs> well i'm on a podcast Right, I want a podcast. Oh, yeah. I I do not talk like this in my like casual hangouts. <laughs> talk about wolves and bears. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly would just like talk about like music and basketball in my real life. Stop. Okay, that my mom. You know what's really funny when my parents split. My mom was like, okay, I need to relate to men in some way. Okay, sports. So she chose basketball. And that basketball is pretty sweet. So she got into basketball so she could have relate to men. I love that's actually works. That's actually really smart. Isn't it? She's on Andrea is a very smart woman. No, that's true though, because I will that is I I don't I don't like follow sports religiously, but I keep track because that is a good connection that men can have it's like it's like a it's like an icebreaker yeah it's a, it's a way like oh we can share this and then we can build from there yes. so it, it's actually true that is a sneaky good like bonding strategy and that's one of the reasons why i do pay attention and also like my family back in minnesota they're mm -hmm. really into sports so if i just know what's going on in minnesota sports i can better relate to them because i know that they care a lot about it Yes, because you obviously want to talk about dimensions and memes and Shrek, but you're like, not everyone's going to get it. <laughs> I'll talk about anything. I'm talking about this because you, you asked the question. Hell yeah, dude. That's why I'm talking about it. <laughs> but most people don't ask me that question in, in my daily life. I am just messing with you. No, I, I Oh my gosh. But We're having Jason, fun. Oh, we're having a silly goose time. Um. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. You, I just so appreciate you existing because you make me think more and question more and be more curious. And I'm excited to follow your work and connect with you further. And I just, I can't thank you enough. No, this was a lot of fun as you know, I liked your questions. I like your energy. So thanks for having me on. Thank it was you. great to meet you. Oh my God. Good stuff. Oh, my beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm sure you are just in love with James as I am. 
Does that even make sense? That you're in love with James just as much as I am. There we go. <laughs> make sure to give him a follow on Instagram at Words of Vibrations and check out his website, jamesmcgray.com. Again, the link will be in the show notes where you can find ways to work with him, all of his writings, the Sunflower Club podcast, his books, and James is just the best. We are a big fan of James. We need him. He also is opening back up his meme school, which is the really, really amazing program to teach you how to be conscious meme creators in the way that he creates memes. I don't really know how else to explain it besides how I just did earlier, where he is combining new wave consciousness with the humor and the candidness of memes and images and these really blunt messages that are really, really beautiful, really potent, really powerful. They're shareable, they're savable, and more importantly, they're memorable. So check him out and share this episode with anyone who you think would really resonate with his words, resonate with the conversation, would feel very impacted by his work. And of course, make sure to leave a review for me. Those mean the world to me. They also really, really help the podcast. They let me know what I can do better, what I can keep doing. I so, so love showing up for you guys in this way. And as I always say, make sure to also follow me on Instagram at the modern medium underscore where you can keep up with all the latest stuff as well with my upcoming group coaching program with my best friend Kayla, who is also a sacred womb healer, embodiment teacher, and a psychic medium. And keep up with all of my silliness, the jams, and I just can't thank you enough for listening to this podcast. And I love you guys. I'll see you guys next time.